Hi, I'm Mary Lyons, the Wealth Woman. I'm Eric Alexander with Benchmark Income Group. Welcome to the Big Wealth Podcast. So today we wanted to pose a question that Mary and I have been talking about for a little bit, and we've been sort of passing around the office uh, as sort of a good question for, for us personally, but for everybody, is what would you do if somebody just walked into your house and handed you $500,000 in cash? Like, what, what is your immediate reaction? Uh, what, what does that look like for you? What is that thought process on the other end? I'm going to tell you my immediate reaction is how did you get into my house and why are you giving me money? Like, let's be very honest here. Um, and what do I owe you? Do I, do, yeah, do what, I owe you what, my first what's born? Your, what's, what's happening? Um, so the no strings attached 500 grand just because I think you're awesome. Right. And that's after I'm calling off my dogs who are probably like going nuts. Right. right so, right. um, yeah, I think this is actually a really good question at its heart because there are some initial impulses of, oh, I would do this if I came up with a sum of money. And, um, you know, I like to ask the question, what would you do if you won the lottery? Because it, it strips all limitations, right? It, it makes everything possible. It allows us to dream again. Um, but, but I think this question in particular is really important because it really helps identify like this is enough money to change the trajectory of a financial plan and potentially a life, but it's not enough money that you can just totally quit your job and sit pretty forever, right? And right. so- Yeah, because um, I didn't say, what would you do with a hundred million? Right, it's a right. very different answer, right? Or there's yeah. a very different question. Yeah, so I think it's a really hard question and you and I right. have talked about this a lot because I know for both of us, our answers to this question have evolved over time. So can you talk about, I'm going I'm to use old Eric uh, as the word here, right. even though you're older now that you're new, Eric, I, I don't know. That's all confusing. Right. Um, but what I'd like to do is get a feel for historic Eric's view on maybe what you would have done 10 years ago, if that right. kind of money paid up. Yeah, no. I, and I think that, and I think the first impulse, like five seconds in versus a month in is always a very different answer too, right? Mm -hmm. But I, I think five seconds in or, or old Eric or 10, you know, 10 years ago, five years ago, Eric would have been, all right, cool. I'm going to pay off all my debt, right? Cars, credit cards, student loans, whatever, whatever was there at the time, right? Maybe a house. And the, all of that is gone. And whatever else is left, it's I'm just going to go dump it into a investment account mm -hmm. and high five my wife and we're off to the races. Mm -hmm. We're just going to go do whatever we were going to go do the next day. Like, but other than like, wow, that was a, a giant relief. And we're done with all of that, that baggage, that weight. Mm -hmm. uh, the result of it on the other end was we got maybe a hundred thousand or two hundred thousand dollars in the bank. In some savings account and where our investment account and we're good. Yeah, you right? get a little was, bit of a head start maybe on your savings at that point or addition right. that catch you up if you're behind. But aside from maybe a little bit of cash flow relief, there's not a material change to your life in that scenario. No, we both still go to work. We both still function like we would have. We're just like there's a little bit of an exhale for mm -hmm. an hour. Right. When I, I've been asking this question to new clients as they're coming in and even existing right. clients just to see what their responses are. Um, and especially among younger couples, a lot of times it's, oh, I would buy a house, right? I would use that as a down payment so that I could get into a house, um, right. which 
which I think is in some ways great because you have the ability to, you know, put down roots and start growing and establishing a life. And that's exciting. Um, But again, that doesn't really do a whole lot in terms of overarching financial plan, right? It's a, it's almost, those things are almost defensive in nature as opposed to very linear offense. Yeah. Yeah. So what would you do differently now, Eric? Uh, well, I think that it's a fun question now because it, the, the more I've evolved, you know, we, we have a running joke that I reserve the right to get smarter every year. And, and mm-hmm. my gosh, we better be uh, all of us, right? Not just you and I, but uh, I think now the answer would be much more cash flow oriented. Like, look, I'm always going to have a car payment. I'm always going to have a house payment. I'm always going to have a whatever. Like there's always going to be money coming out, but if I had the ability to take those dollars and create assets that are generating enough money to pay all those bills, mm-hmm. then it's like the teach a man to fish or teach a, give a man a fish and a leap for a day, give him, teach him how to fish and a leap for a lifetime. Mm-hmm. Like before I just bought a fish and I and was done with the debt, but now I'm thinking, you know what? I want to learn how to fish forever so that I've got money coming in from these other assets that I just purchased with the 500K that I never touched the ground because my car is going to get old. I'm going to want a new car. My house is going to get boring. I want to remodel or move or whatever, right? There's always going to be something that needs money. So if I have a perpetual motion machine that's cranking out dollar bills, it's way more powerful. Right. You know, this, um, this is something that we talk about from a business perspective sometimes too. And I think there's some parallels here is the idea of the CEO and the general, which is a story that I think both of us were exposed to a couple of years ago. And it's the idea. So the CEO and the general are at breakfast and they're talking about a company that they're running together. And the general is going on and on about how he wants all the employees to be committed. He wants them working overtime. He wants them bought in. He wants them like all into this big project that they're working on. And the CEO is sitting there listening and he says, look, I'd I'd rather have all these employees be involved and I want them working, but I don't want them so committed that at the end they're burnt out. And the general looks at him and says, I don't understand what you're saying. And he looks down at his breakfast and the CEO says, listen, this bacon right here, the pig was committed, right? But the eggs, the chicken was involved. And I think this is an appropriate analogy for the way you think about that $500,000, because if you put the money somewhere where it's not liquid and it's not actually generating a return for you, you've committed the money, right? But it's not involved. So it's not laying eggs that will be there for the future, right? I mean, it's the same same as your fish analogy, right? And so I think finding ways to use the money to create additional income streams is the most important thing you can do, especially once you've taken care of that protection side of the house, right? You want to make sure what you're building stays yours. That's always where you start and then you build it. Um, But once you start building it, you know, if you can create an asset that will then pay the car payment and pay the student loans and maybe even pay your mortgage, then after those things are paid, you still have growth, right? And you, you have opportunity the and you have cash flow, right? And you have income. And when you have income that comes in automatically, that's when life starts to be very different because you get to choose how you spend your time. So even if an asset like that only created enough income 
for you to pay the car and the student loan payments, right? Then that means you've got that additional cash flow that was previously allocated, which can now be used to acquire additional assets that will produce additional income. And you can see right. how it starts to build on itself as opposed to being very finite. And Eric, you have such an eloquent way of putting this when you talk about buckets versus systems. So can you can you kind of relate that to the $500,000 question? Yeah, I mean, I think it's that buckets versus flow conversation mm -hmm. that we have a lot of times, right? If I'm, I, I, if I'm thinking in linear version of myself, right? I'm gonna put this dollar here and this dollar here and this dollar here, and I'm gonna watch the buckets and I'm very excited about the buckets because I've allocated the resources appropriately. Uh, but the problem is, is it's very linear, right? And the buckets aren't talking to each other. They're not using, they're not using their resources to help each other out. They're just in those silos doing their own thing. Whereas flow, and flow covers all manner of sins on that level, right? It's, I've got flow and I can redirect and I can be linear with it if I need to, or I can be very, uh, very sort of non-linear or very much uh, sort of thinking in geometric terms as far as how I want to go do those things. And I can respond that you said this in a, an earlier podcast, the ability to flex and respond and adjust to what's going on is 90% alike. Mm -hmm. Right. If I've got flow, I can redirect, I can respond because I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I, I can only tell what's happening right now. Uh, but if I've got flow, I don't really care. I care, but I, I'm more of a, a spectator in what's going on versus worrying about it. You have less worry. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think, I think that's key, right? Because money is meant, um, money is a tool. And I, I know I say this all the time, but it is just a tool and it is meant to help you design a life that you are excited about. And when you have $1 and you attribute it to one thing, whether that's paying off debt or whatever it might be, that dollar is gone. And so you don't just lose that dollar, you lose everything that dollar could have created for the rest of your lifetime. And we don't think that way because we tend to think in terms of what's right in front of us. Um, but when we start thinking of, okay, if I make this choice, what am I actually giving up? It opens up an entirely different arena in terms of possibilities, because if I take the dollar and I pay things off, that's a very finite move, right? right? But as human beings, my good friend, Kevin Keppel likes to say, we are infinite creatures, right? We are creatures that can create out of infinite possibility. If I take the dollars and I use them to build cash flow, right? I am opening up a world of infinite possibilities because now I have income that can be redirected to do additional things. Right. And I think that's yeah. a mindset shift that is really difficult. I think frequently to understand, I've been watching these little videos, which probably originate on TikTok, but show up in my Facebook feed. I'm scared right. to actually get on TikTok because I am terrified. I'm going to get stuck in a rabbit hole and never come out of it again. <laughs> um, but it's like these videos of rich versus really rich. And I find them to be highly entertaining. Um, just because they're, you know, it pokes fun at things that people at different income levels do or say. Um, right. but I think that it is so key to the way we look at the world because we're conditioned to do things in certain ways. And when we are creating out of memory, right, we're right. using past experience in order to recreate more experiences that look like the past. Right. Whereas when we look for new information and we begin to use our imagination and we find people who view the world differently than we do, 
they right. can open us up to possibilities that we may not know exist with the paradigm that we are currently looking through. And, and I think right. that's so absolutely key. And it's one of the things that you and I do, Eric, right? We are constantly looking for, you know, people that we can help, peers to bounce ideas off of, and then people that we can chase and that we can right. learn from. And I think that's so key when you're looking at your finances in particular is to find people who say, well, what if you looked at that differently? What possibilities would open up? And I think that's really the whole purpose of the $500,000 question. Yeah. Well, and it, and so I think part of it, it looks like a judge, maybe if you're not careful with it, like, oh, you did that, man, you're not even, you're not even in my ballpark kind of thing. You're not even thinking like I'm thinking, but I think the other, the better way to look at that is, okay, I just need to know where you are. Cause I've, I've been at all of those points, right. Where, when I was a little bit younger than 10 years ago, I would have spot a Ferrari and been done with it. Right. <laughs> that, that would have been my, my mode. That's right. <laughs> but I mean, but yeah, right. But, you know, I think that's the idea is that we evolve. We, we have the right to get smarter and, and we want to surround ourselves with people that are smarter about different things than we are. Well, and I think, I think a, an advisor's job in this situation is to meet you wherever you are in your journey exactly. right. and help you take the next steps, right? Build the roadmap, take the next steps. Um, but I also think that part of the job is to give you some pushback and get you thinking about it. And you may be looking at this question being like, this is a ridiculous question. When am I going to come into $500,000? Well, I'm going to give you a couple of examples and it may not be 500,000, maybe it's 50,000 or a hundred thousand, right? It could be any different number, right. but people inherit money all the time, right? Even when they aren't expecting it, sometimes it's more, sometimes it's less than what they were expecting. Um, when you sell a house. Perhaps there's a bunch of equity in the house and the tendency might be to just roll it into the next one, but right. that may not be what's best for the overall financial picture. Um, you know, those are two fairly common things that happen at different dollar amounts, but those are the times you should be asking yourself is just paying off some debt. The best thing I can do with this, or are there ways I can use this? I'm going to call it seed money in order right. to create or an opportunity income, right. To create opportunities as right. opposed to just eliminating some things, right. Instead of playing defense, how can you maybe play some offense and score some goals, right. Or move right. towards your goals even. So I think that that question is such a good question, Eric. Um, and I definitely think that maybe we should have an additional podcast where we talk about the winning the lottery one. Um, just because yeah. I think both of those questions are things that you should be asking yourself, uh, at any stage along your financial process. Well, and the lottery one, and we close with this is if your first impulse is because everybody's starting the year here recently, uh, if your first impulse, if I won the lottery, the first thing I'm doing is quitting my job, probably an indicator. You don't like what you're doing and you should start working on that regardless of whether you win the lottery or not. Right. That, uh, that means you need to start building a strategy for income replacement so that you can have freedom to make different choices. Right. Right. So awesome. on that fun note, have a great one. Thanks guys. Oh, wait, wait, wait. We, oh. we forgot something. Here's oh, where you crap. can find us. You can find uh, me on my website, wealthwoman.com. Our company website is benchmarkincome.com. Uh, and you can find me on social media, whichever platform you prefer. Uh, I am at the wealth woman.
And I am Economics with Eric on Facebook and Instagram and just me, Eric Alexander on LinkedIn. Thanks for that reminder so we you, don't get in trouble with marketing. You can tell we took a break <laughs> over the holidays. That's We're right. glad to be back. We hope you guys enjoyed this. See you soon. Right. Thanks. Thank you.